Okay, we're live. Pancreation Philosophy, episode 56. Alright, my name is Pacholo Cruz. You're listening to the beats of Floating Forest. And also, my co-host today, Scott McDonald, the co-host. Just uh, intermittently <laughs> appearing, the infamous That's like, underground. Yeah. It's like, you're like a vice president. Stuck in Plato's cave, doesn't know how to get out. Yeah. So so Sometimes to one of the many co-hosts that we have. But yeah, really, yeah. Yeah. yeah, one time I had a Mexican co-host. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. But, uh, well, anyway, our guest, my guest today is... Colby Martin. Colby, thanks for joining us. Colby, you're just the newly minted... AMC BJJ instructor. So thank, th- thanks for joining us on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Colby, we mainly talk about martial arts journeys. So we're curious about yours. How did you get started in yeah, martial arts? Sure, absolutely. Um, well, I think if, you know, probably like a lot of us that uh, are still doing this at 44 years old, mm-hmm. uh, I probably found it young. So <laughs> yeah. I was about four or five. Uh, I lived in a town, city called Texas City. Uh, it's right outside of Houston. Mm. Is uh, it Texas? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a serious place to be. So okay. it's a pretty tough neighborhood. Um, mm. There's a lot of oil refineries and, and you know so outside of, of Houston. Class. Yeah, a lot of working class. So good people, uh, of course. A code. There was a code, but you better be able to handle yourself. Mm. So. Uh, I think probably like most kids in that situation, I came home maybe once in kindergarten and my mom said, okay, we're going to find some martial arts. So mm. it started with Taekwondo and Kung okay. Fu and then it moved to... Uh, a common thing. Yeah. I mean, Scott knows Sensei Mike. The way. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, look, I think even at that age though, like I would learn Taekwondo and then I'd get a fight with some kid four years older yeah and, uh, that didn't work so <laughs> so hey hey I, mean, me. Yeah, I will do a disclaimer yeah i know some bad dudes with taekwondo worked into their mixed martial yeah. arts yeah. and i don't want yeah. their front kick or anything yeah like it so yeah uh, it's not a rag on taekwondo but the the set <clears throat> of the way it was taught in the 80s yeah uh did not Translate to the playground very well. A lot of American flag pants. A lot, yeah, <laughs> a lot yeah, of long yeah, no, Some yeah, exactly. no dudes. Exactly. Hey, I, I would say. Has teeth in the face. Yeah, yeah, I would say I have something for you, and yeah. they say me too. Three cousins. It didn't work out. It didn't work out for me. Um, so uh, okay. you know, I grew up. Uh, I grew up fighting. Um, not a good or a bad thing, but I did. Yeah. Uh, and so. I did some smokers and, you know, whatever have you. And then um, I ended up in Beijing in 2007. And I thought, when I when I moved over there, I actually was one of the, I thought, hey, I'm going to go train Kung Fu. Okay. Like, I'm going to learn from the masters. Like, I've learned all this fake stuff. And, and of course, I knew about uh, jujitsu and I knew mm-hmm. about other fighting styles. But I thought that made the most sense. So mm-hmm. I actually was looking in... I can't remember the name of the English language magazine. This was like 2007. So okay. Looking at the looking in the magazine, I see this uh, Black Tiger uh, Muay Thai and BJJ, hmm. and I thought I don't really know what that is, but they were the first ones that were having class. It was like that night, so yeah. I thought, and I and I, I had enough of a spidey sense that I had felt like a couple of the kung fu houses I'd tried uh, or gone to, it, it had that same feeling though. That's not. That doesn't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was a little confused, but I felt like I was going to find it, you know. And in my mind, I was going to find that shining temple somewhere in Beijing where I'm like, yes. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then there's yeah. the magic. Yeah. So I went actually to a Muay Thai class and uh, I watched them there. And a guy named Vince Soberano, 
uh, was running it. Vince is actually uh, pretty big time now, he, but he's mainly does a lot of movies, uh, productions, particularly in the Philippines. He's a mm -hmm. American citizen. I think he was a ranger in the U.S. Army. I, mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not positive. Uh, but so I go to his class and I watch Muay Thai and I'm thinking, oh, well, that, that makes sense, mm -hmm. right? Eight limbs and, you know, it was a yeah. very basic class. So I thought, I want to sign up for that. And then I wouldn't even, I didn't even really plan to stay for jujitsu, but then I, I kind of just saw as I was speaking to the coaches, I saw it and I decided to stay. Thought, that's my bag. Time I was uh, about this size, but um, in really good shape. And I thought, hey, wrestling, good old boy Texas cow wrestling, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I mean, that was literally my thought. Like they're yeah. gonna, like I'm like I'm gonna be good at that. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't. Um, the, <laughs> the the the, the first, how it goes. you know I, I think that like particularly as a big guy, um, you face your reality there. So the first guy that I rolled with was a guy named Stephen Wander, who's actually a black belt from this area, about 150 pounds. And he was a purple belt at the time. Uh, and he beat me senseless. Mm. Now, I, I, at the time, I was the raging big white belt who I did. And he, it was enough to where at the end of the class, I said, clearly, I have to learn this. Mm. Because clearly, I can't stop it. So, yeah. so that was the beginning of a self-defense of, and, 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 and in a very interesting way, it's kind of the Chinese way. You go into a dojo, you challenge somebody. If you get whooped, you train there. And it's, yeah. and so from my story, that that is what happened. And so there's a Pedro Sauer black belt named Chet Quint um, there as well. So it was him and Vince uh, running this this dojo <clears throat> essentially in a high rise. In a, in a uh, office high rise. Okay. Mm -hmm. One of the offices with masks laid down. And yeah. <laughs> hey, I got videos of smokers in this office. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. So so, yeah. but it what it did in Beijing at the time, it brought out some some killers. The Israelis came. The guys from the embassies would come, and they would collect some really good martial artists from a lot of different because Russians, because anybody was looking for the real deal. Yeah. Looking to train when they were in town, that sort of thing. So. But the focus of that at the time, what I really appreciated was, it was very much self-defense and it was very much, particularly in the jiu-jitsu sense, that Pedro Sauer idea of, of core fundamentals. Defending yourself and knowing the basics. If you have that foundation, in, in other words, if you're a solid blue belt, then you have a foundation for that. Yeah. And that for me was, was, was absolutely <clears throat> perfect for my job and, 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 and just how I, I approach martial arts. So was there for about three years. I'll speed this story up. <laughs> there for about three years. Yeah, time. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah I say that now. Um, <laughs> and, then I, and then so because of my career and traveling around, I, I had the opportunity uh, to train in a lot of places. I've trained everywhere from an Alliance gym in Yellowknife, Canada. Um, Where is Yellowknife, Canada? It's up. It's near the Arctic Circle. <laughs> okay. For those of you looking for a place to go uh, in the summer. It's actually amazing in the summer. But I was there in the winter. And, oh, where it's uh, constantly dark. <laughs> and Right. And, and I think that um, even in places like that, the beauty of it is if you look, you'll find a group of guys in a garage who are real. And this guy yeah. is actually an Alliance <laughs> black belt. Yeah. He's legit. He's now in running the school in Calgary. Yeah. He's really? now running the <laughs> Alliance school in Calgary. Okay. Mm. Um, and I'm totally freaking on his name, but he, he, he was, he was delivering the real deal and you get some tough, 
minors and hockey players and hey man they grow big yeah. and there's some well different... if you're living in you know yeah that yeah. part toughness it, it, and, and yeah. toughness and want to was never an issue in those rooms yeah, yeah. so that in a tough country yeah yeah, yeah. exactly and, yeah. and uh so i've trained there i've trained in uh places all around the world and then i was in austin for a minute and austin texas has this uh in my view an amazing scene um you basically got a lot of guys that came up together and they came up uh, learning real jiu-jitsu. We talked about, but, but, but just really solid fundamental jiu-jitsu from a couple guys there. And they all started to break out. Now guys like Phil Cardello were, were the start and for Carlson and stuff like that. So they're, they're just some real good guys. Yeah. <clears throat> but what's happened is over time is the... Texas is one thing it's got is a lot of landing spread out. Oh, yeah. So a lot of guys just made deals. We'll cover geographic areas, you know. We won't st- we'll try not to step on each other's toes, and we'll we'll build Austin's scene, and they have. And guys like Tim Kennedy, yeah, you know, guys guys like that, yeah, because Tim Kennedy will show up at your Friday with his with his crew. He'll show up at your Friday open mats. So Friday open mat in Austin. Um, at least for, for a while there, my understanding is it's still going on is, man, you just got to, wherever it is, and I mean, it is it is a significant number of killers who show up to that map yeah. from all across the city, even guys coming up from Houston, there are guys that come down from Dallas, and uh, it, it's just an amazing day. So you, so Austin uh, has this amazing scene. So I was at a guy named Sean Cooper. Uh, who is under Clever Luciano. Mm-hmm. I got my purple and brown belt under those two. And then I got my black belt from a guy named Carter Fisk. Mm-hmm. Now, he runs a place called Independent Jiu-Jitsu. Now, Carter, uh, one of the most interesting guys in the game. He was one of Eddie Bravo's first students. Mm-hmm. He's the type of guy that had a black belt in Austin, went to California, went and trained at one of the Machado's places, mm-hmm. felt like he didn't deserve it, threw it in the trash, and got another one. So my kind of guy, yeah. uh, wow. uh, yeah. and um, he, he, who he trains with, and how he approaches martial arts and jujitsu in life, and they have a podcast as well. Mm. Uh, him, a guy named a guy named Mo Siddiqui. but that that to me is still that vibe that I'm still connected to, and that idea of of community yeah. in martial arts. And yeah. So then I moved up, and one, and actually it was Carter when I was trying to figure out where to study in Seattle. Uh, I called him first and he said, this isn't a conversation. If you don't study at Matt Hume's place. Yeah. I got, he, he literally said, I got nothing else for you. So, so, yeah, yeah. so, so that, that was, uh, that decision was made by, um, some really smart people that I really respect. And, and obviously, uh, that's really worked out. So, um, yeah, I think that's the story in a, in a nutshell. So I just had a quick question. Sure. Um, so in the Texas area and in all these like hubs of mainly MMA and jiu-jitsu gyms that are getting set up, I can imagine it's a large attraction for like military. Yeah. Yeah. Can I get Texas prideful real quick? Yeah. Sure. Go go ahead. Ahead. You got a lot of really big dudes. You got a lot of athletes and you got a lot of tough kids. Yeah. It's the, look, the nature the thing about Texas is good and bad. Uh, there are a lot of fighting in Texas, but there's also a lot of rules in Texas. So if me and the guy square off in a parking lot and someone pulls out a bottle, he's likely to get talked down or jumped by the crowd. So growing up, uh, my biggest realization when I moved from, say, college at Texas A&M, where you just got good old boy fights to the real world, was they don't, the rules didn't come with me. Mm, But, but that being said, in Texas, they, they, they're, 
the idea of, of that kind of toughness and, and being having that toughness uh, is something that is that is respected. And so um, you have a bigger pool. And because you have, uh, I think, bigger human beings down there, call it the German blood, whatever, uh, you know, a lot of the melting pot that, that mm-hmm. Texas is, you get really big, really athletic guys. So for me, I'm really big here, but there, um, picture after picture, I'm one of like 10 or 15 black belts that are my size. And yeah. a lot of them have wrestling experience and so forth. So, yeah, Texas, um, it's just exactly, it just really, um, it's really doing well there. And Austin and Dallas and Houston all have their guys and they all have their 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 kind of core center of, of folks that collect, you know, martial artists but the vibe and the relationship is so open that uh it's just really welcoming man yeah and and you know you'll have guys go in and say hey i'd like to train leg locks and you'll hear someone say well you know who you should go train with is so and so down the street because he's really focused on that Mm -hmm. um you know we work you know whatever so you even see that kind of those kinds of conversations depending on what people are looking for so um, I don't know if I answered your question. No, I mean, it's because I know it's just in Texas, Texas, it's football. It's like a religion there. And it's all my family's from, on my mom's side, from West Virginia and the Ohio Valley. Yeah. And so it's the same sort yeah. of thing. No, and is. like when Matt Brown came out and trained with us, like he had that Ohio Valley yeah. toughness. <laughs> no, you know, and like. You don't say. That's it. No, yeah. that, that's it. It is, um, I think, you know, look, I, I think. Uh, uh, trying to explain it, I, I can't really why, but yes, that there's a toughness and just the idea that um, you know, being sticking yourself in there and taking the butt whoopings that are necessary yeah. to be good at this, uh, that translates to football. Because look, if you back up, you say, "What is football? Football is a game of violence, right?" It is, yeah. And so, a lot of what that that mentality, whether it's football or wrestling, that translates to grappling. And and I think a lot of it is you end up with a lot of uh, high school football players, yeah, who are still looking for that something, something. And yeah, for that competition. That is it. Yeah, competition, yeah. physicality, and as we all know, the absolute brotherhood that you make with the guys. That when all of the BS is stripped away, and it's just you and that person beating up on each other, and you find out who that person is, they really, find out yeah. who you really are. Uh, you can't really find that too many places in the civilian world uh, that's legal. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, I mean, uh, the, the, it's it is in somewhat a, some ways a proxy for that kind of camaraderie and competition. Look, I played baseball at Texas A&M, and I'll never forget one of the things that Coach Johnson said. He was the coach at the time there. He said that he said, "Look, of what you'll miss the most is a competition and camaraderie. Yeah, that going to war with your brothers and war in quotes, but that feeling of uh, we're doing this together." That, in a lot of ways, when you got a really good gym and a really good community, even though it's a singular sport and you walk out there and you live or die alone, the, the brotherhood, in many ways, you'll hear a lot of fighters talk about it. It's the gym. It's the, it's, this is just the expression of what I've learned with my mm-hmm. brothers and sisters in the gym working it out. To me, that's the value. And some for some reason, that seems to really translate. Yeah. Um, so I know for me, at least, fighting really like... It helped me confront myself, but it also, in a lot of ways, um, made me curious about learning again. Yeah. You know, gave me the tools to have confidence to go back to college. Yeah. Um, but then a bigger part, and I think it's a kernel that's maybe not even a kernel, but it's a gem that's contained in what you're saying is like vulnerability. Absolutely. And so, like, what? Did, how did that operate in your 
martial arts journey. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, vulnerability. Well, yeah, no, that, that man, that's a wonderful question, and I'm glad we're talking about that because mm-hmm. that's what it's really about. Mm-hmm. I mean, why are you learning to defend yourself? Like, be honest. <laughs> I, I feel vulnerable. Whether you feel vulnerable because you're uh, really small or you live in a context of violence or what have you, whatever, or all of the above, mm-hmm. there's a point at which all of us martial artists say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to handle myself. Like this isn't going to, whatever the, whatever is occurring to me to drive me there. Now you do find guys that I'm sure that say, uh, that are extremely confident and they're, and they're, they have, they don't, they don't know they feel that vulnerability and they'll tell you all day, uh, you know, another reason. Yeah. But I don't buy it. I think that everyone. <laughs> Tim Barry. I, 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 yeah, I nod my head all the time. No, man, you're not in here. You're not in here because you're 100% confident. Cops, look, man, I work with true heroes, whether they're, you know, former operators, you know, special forces or special operations or so forth. And they'll say over and over and over again if you can't accept your fear and admit it, you're lost. Yeah. And you're lying to yourself and to your brothers. Yeah. So, again, I, 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 I'm not a psychologist, and, I, and I'm sure, but I do have some experience in profiling. And I will say that at it, it, it heart, all of us decide, at least in my view, uh, that something's not going to go on anymore. And either, you know, I'm going to find a way to, def- to protect myself. Right. That, that, is, that is the general thought somewhere, and I think, in all of our heads. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a completely rational decision yeah and quite frankly you know that sort of information should be baked into our educational programs full stop i mean citizens should know and we can get into a whole conversation about security (laughs) and what that means yeah but 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 citizens taking responsibility for their own personal security and those around them solves a lot of our problems uh in my view so so yeah i i I, that vulnerability and and for me it was that vulnerability and then realizing getting my butt handed to me and realizing no i was definitely vulnerable but i think more than that every one of us i mean every day i train i get in the car and i'm driving home and i'm reviewing and no matter what i think you faked it there or you kind of quit there or now i know that now it could have been in a split second of an exchange or a guy's made the move to my back and uh, I'm like, oh, and I have that old man moment. Ah, to, to, yeah. We all have it. Yeah. But that looking at that aspect in the mirror is like, okay, what in that instance made me quit in quotes? What made me say, oh man, and how can I adapt myself to getting past, as we say, off the that X of all man as quickly as possible and quicker than the other guy yeah. over and over and over and over again. So to me, that consistent testing of that vulnerability and being and seeing myself uh, in my vulnerabilities and their glory, whether they're a martial arts hole, Pacholo's killing me with leg locks because I can't stop it. That's yeah. a vulnerability. Or I can't stop Pacholo and I'm giving up, which is the, the vulnerability that I think we all need to face. And, and the, the, the martial arts gym and dojos, that they provide that space to to do that yeah that, that's kind of my my view it's like an encountering of your limits you, you face know. yourself yeah and because look we look I, I say this all the time I, you know for those of you who cannot see my beautiful self i'm 6'4 245 <laughs> right i'm 245 i'm a big dude i'm athletic i play college sports blah 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 but every day i'm confronted with the the fact that that has stunted my technical abilities it just does as a big guy and i'm getting older and that's the facts and so 
my evolution is looking at ways to overcome that fact. Whether that's <laughs> training more on my weapon system systems uh, and being more comfortable with those weapon systems to keep people at distance. That's 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 something that I feel like is responsible. Mm-hmm. But but also understanding that uh, I'm not the monster in the room. And, and there are, if I, if I am, might be in the wrong room, but there's definitely monsters somewhere outside that room that I don't have an answer for. And that goes back to that vulnerability. That's what keeps me training and also what keeps me humble. So when you say monsters, there's like the, the high level technicians and athletes in the room. But when you say outside, are you just talking about potential encounters? And- sure. I look at it the same, like in the gym, I would say, so um, for me, like uh, Tim Kennedy as a, as a grappler, uh, He's, he's so physically, he's yeah. stronger than me. He's more athletic than me. And he's been doing this a long, long time. Yeah. And he transitioned, he has this uh, this wide breadth of, of knowledge and experience within grappling. So he messes me up, man. And my job in that time is to uh, learn as much as I can, but to create goals for myself. So my goal with him is like get tapped once every 10 minutes and do 30 minutes like that that's it that's that's my goal and then i try to give it to him the best i can and uh we've had some great roles and but that's what builds those, that respect so that monster you walk into a gym and it's not always the biggest guy you walk in you slap hands with a you know a, a gangly kid and he just wrecks you for the next 30 minutes <laughs> i mean yeah. i mean it happens to yeah. all of us and that consistent humbling of your ego uh which becomes in my view more difficult when you get the black belt because you, mm. if you're not feeling like an imposter with a black belt, you're not me. Because to me, <laughs> I, I wear a black belt and I'm like, I, I mean, I see purple belts and I'm just like, yeah, I can, okay, I can, I can tap him. I can control him. But in my mind, I'm thinking that kid's better than me. Um, and I think that again, you know, it keeps me, it keeps me going and uh, it keeps me excited because uh, there's nothing worse than just, you know, I don't want to be the guy that's destroying everybody. No. And, um, uh, because you get a false sense of reality, and then you meet that monster in the street, and uh, you you haven't mentally prepared for someone who's got answers to your your three or four things you've been doing. Well, I'll just hit a double leg, and then I'll pass the guard, and then I'll, I'll stomp the guy. Uh, so they yeah. trained at Matt Hume's house. They break your clavicle with that shot, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. right? And now you got to come up with a different plan. Yeah. Uh, and that... That, too, is what we talk about in my work, particularly with guys who have been at the edge of that, um, you know, whether in war or in conflict. Uh, it's that niggling sensation in your mind that there, there are dudes out there uh, who can take you most days of the week, and mm-hmm. that, that's what keeps you, keeps you engaged. So are you... Uh actively training like law enforcement and uh yeah i've done military right well so so real quickly so i I run a security company so risk enterprise risk management uh threat response and intelligence um so i i have the honor of working with uh, a lot of folks with a lot of amazing experience Mm -hmm. um i don't throw the word word war hero around too much but i feel like i know some guys yeah um and and in that environment the conversations about life and death and violence and peace and how to prepare for that. You know, the Bruce Lee statement of I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Man, that's imprinted on guys' minds, right? So that's the the idea of, of, 
training toward that and talking about that and working toward that. Mm -hmm. And in those communities, when they trust you, I mean, that's when you really hear vulnerability come out. You know, I think there's this misconception of who a lot of those guys are. A lot of them are really bright. They got there for a reason. If they can, you know, if you're a sniper, if you're a Bravo classified sniper, you can do trig in your head. Why, after you've been sitting for six days in conflict zone environments, not moving, you're a bad dude. Yeah. And so there's a different what, level. And so that meant, but what, what is he, I can't do that, but I can engage that guy's mind and try to approximate what he is doing, what, the games he's playing in his head to be able to be that human being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, I think that's, that's where that, that environment and the, that, that group of people is, is really special. Yeah. yeah. And you're dealing with people too that need, you know, they understand that they're in dangerous situations and they need stuff that works. They need they need the truth. And I think those are the kind of people that will look into what they're doing and they're trying to, you know, it's a constant expansion. Kind of like what you're talking about on in your viewpoint, you have to constantly keep changing things, whether it is like martial arts based or, you know, security based, like what have you. It's that constant need of growth, like knowing that yes. if you're stagnant, then you're getting left behind because there are it's it's a constant the world if anything is a constant escalation process yep. you yeah. always have to you always have to face new things whether it's you know whether you want to or not it's just right. the reality of the situation you know and that's great yeah. like 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 if you don't mind like taking that into account like the 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 explosion in leg locks okay yeah. so uh when i started uh it was leg locks are dangerous don't do them which even at that time did spark conversation we weren't all just following along all of us old guys we were yeah. saying doesn't this all hurt you? I mean, <laughs> I mean, and then, and, then, and then the thought was, I kind of want to know the thing that you won't teach me that you say really hurts people because yeah. I'm here. Because my thought is, if I'm doing a leg lock, I've been knocked down. The guy is standing over me. Yeah. And so I need something. And uh, attacking somewhere in that triangle makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. The leg triangle. So I think that is the idea. So the way I approach leg locks is, uh, you know, I think, I think. They have to be done if if you care about self defense and martial arts until like in that aspect of martial arts, you have to be able to do them safely and do them in the context of strikes. I think yeah. you have to. But at the same time, every time I roll with someone who's just doing leg locks, yeah, I can I I will sit there and simulate a hammer fist and, and pat myself on the back of like <laughs> oh, that probably would have worked. But at the end of the story, there is still this idea of like, I'm learning how he's moving, how she's moving around my body has all the lessons in the world Mm -hmm. because I've seen enough conflict. People tell me leg locks don't happen in fights. I've seen it all happen in fights. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it all happen. And for me, I didn't really take that seriously until that exact thing happened. They're uh, one of my favorite training partners. He is. He's a bad dude. Uh, I won't go too much in his history because he's still active, but um, he's on a fugitive task force. So he goes after top tens all day. Knocked him down. We were MMA. I was standing over him. He heel hooked me, got up, and then right that moment I said, I get it. You've been knocked down. Someone's standing over you, having a game that can attack the legs uh, where you can do significant damage. And even if the guy knows what he's doing, he's going to disengage. Mm -hmm. As as long as you can stop that hip, Mm -hmm. then... Amen. Like that, that is the way out. And I became a believer at that moment. So yeah, I think that the game evolving, you know, old school's kind of response to that is it's not real. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. What is real? If I survived a fight from uh, an inverted heel hook to the opposite side with my, whatever. Yeah. uh, 
it was real. So I, I agree with you, Cholo. I think it's that constant, that challenging and, and, and being willing to challenge with the information and how the, the adaptions of martial arts and, and our game. Uh, but then, of course, the larger conversation. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I think it also boils down, you know, really boils down to the individual, too. And I think that's, I mean, just your personal journey of realizing the people that, because, you know, like, well, the three of us, we're, we're outliers in this kind of sense of the martial arts world. Like, a lot of people really don't stick with it. No. Like, yeah. From it. <laughs> no, like, no, like, truly so. And, you know, this is something, because this is something that's, that's foreign, that was foreign to me when I didn't realize, like, hey, why, why aren't people, like, challenging themselves? And I remember uh, I was working this job. And I had a coworker go, like, oh, so you do that fighting stuff. I'm like, why? And I go, like, what do you, what do you mean, why? It's like, like what, what's the point? Do you become the best at fighting? I'm like, the best at fighting? I'm like, no, this is not a, it's not a game show that, right. yeah. that, that, that I'm on. This is a constant yeah. thing. It's like, like I mean, like, like Colby's saying, like, he's he's still been on this journey, like, no matter, like, what, it's been 12 like, plus years and yeah. still going. Yeah. And it's not, you don't, it's not like I'm, I think people get this, uh, you know, kind of movie element, like, oh, you reach the top of the mountain and you're there. I'm like, no, there is no, there is no, nope. like, yeah, there's no top. And if anything, if you get to a top of one mountain, you just realize, oh, hey, there's all these I'm a whole mountain ranges. That's a way taller. Exactly. And, and to throw that into the idea of, uh, I can tell you, and, and being 44, I'm starting to confront this. I'm telling you, you're an umbaboros a little bit. You're a snake eating your tail because <laughs> as, you get, as you get better and as your skills become fine-tuned, you start to notice you can't dunk a basketball anymore, and then you can't, and then you can't. And you start to realize some of that explosives going down. Yeah. Then you start thinking, man... 60% of my takedown game is explosive mm -hmm. and I'm losing my explosiveness. Yeah. Damn, I better work trips. Yeah. So I think that that is... <laughs> it's a constant the, adjustment. It, it has to be because yeah. you're not ever going to be the same. It's the same as thinking, yeah. I hurt my arm. The guy just broke my hand. I just... The, the, the fact of the matter is, is that I think done appropriately, if you have a five-minute roll or a five-minute spar with someone, there's just... There's, it's, it's life impacted into that five minutes yeah it absolutely. is meditation no i'm never more focused than when you, scott's trying to punch me in the nose <laughs> i'm never more focused than when chip is about to squeeze off that joke yeah. and that 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 those kinds of um lessons or or uh, at least what you can derive from the experience i think a lot of people don't think about and i think with quitting you know, look, I get it. Life, it's hard to keep going. Yeah. We yeah. all have to make choices. Uh, I think most people think in their heads, blue belt, purple belt, really blue belt, I can defend myself, right? <laughs> yeah. And I would say that, you know, look, when I got my blue belt, I did 100 hours of class, 100 hours of rolling for each stripe, and then I got my blue belt after a test. I was pretty functionally self-defense there. I, I don't know if, how true that is across the board, and I trained every day. So I don't know how you can just state that anymore. Like, oh, you're a blue belt, so you know, base you pass the basic concepts of self-defense. Okay, you're a purple belt. You've developed. So you're starting to develop your own game, and now you're muscle memoried on on those movements. Yeah, I think most people just call good enough, and it physically is difficult. And this is another thing that I think people struggle with that I, because it's an ego thing. Look, I'm getting to a point, and it's it's kind of difficult being a big guy because you feel like as a big guy it's your job to always say yes hey you want to roll like i'm the big guy i need to do that um and it's becoming a point where uh that's no longer going to be the case where i'm going to 
have to start picking and choosing my training partners yeah uh based on longevity just i want to keep able to do this and most guys get one significant injury and then a couple of niggling ones and they're like you know no vale la pena it's not worth the sorrow i'm just gonna uh, i've got enough i think i think that's it's an honest discussion yeah. in most guys heads um but i think as well that it, when you get into the game and realize particularly like when you get a black belt and you realize you don't know much in the big yeah. scheme of things yeah. Uh, you hear a guy like Hume talk, and you, and you realize I've really got no answers for even the tactics that he's putting out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, to me, um, is a conversation I like to engage with, with people. Because really what I try to tell them is, look, if you're going to quit or you know, not come in, just try to roll around at least once a month. Mm-hmm. You know, Just try to stay in touch with being a martial artist. Yeah. Because every time, we all know, you're going to go, you're going to roll, you're going to come off that mat. And it's one of the best highs around. That dopamine drop of a hard day at the gym uh, is one of the best. Absolutely. And and I think that's what people kind of sometimes that you forget, right? So you remember all the suffering. You don't remember (laughs) all the happy. Hey, that's our side. That's human beings right there. I mean, we're we're developed to, uh, to, yeah, forget our happiness and and stay hungry. But that, to me, is is a big, big aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. But I I even think... So you're 44. Yeah. But I I apply what you just described now at 31. It's because you're smarter than me. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, well cause well, I, that's what you need to do. You need yeah. to learn from people. Yeah. That, that no, that's what I'm trying yeah. to shout down to the yeah. rooftops is yeah. is that start developing an old man game, whatever that means now. Or start being crafty now. now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Be crafty yeah. now. Hey, the 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 this, the attacking white belt who cranks your neck. I mean. Do you really have to? I mean, you, you rolled with him, you rolled with him, you put him in his place, he's still doing it. At that point, I've gotten to the point where I can say, until you stop doing this, because here's the real answer for when you crank my neck. I'm going to elbow you in the ear hole until you let me go. So that doesn't work. So stop doing it because you're going to injure your partner and it's also a bad habit. It is, yeah. I, I think having those conversations and, and being having younger guys having those conversations is, is extremely important because... I am extremely rare, even in my own group. Um, a lot of my guys, you know, yeah, it's once or twice a month now, and a lot of it they're more teaching, and it just hurts. And yeah, that that's 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 what's important, I think, from that aspect. Here. Yeah, and I, I preach the same thing. I've preached it on this podcast because I think a lot of, you know, I I, I won't go into it because I really have so many questions for you. But my career dwindled because of my just warrior mentality. You know, and when I was at AMC, that was very much what the culture was, mm-hmm. you know. I trained, oh, oh, definitely. Yeah, I trained yep. down south at, at uh, AMC Pacific, and then we'd come up on Saturdays, and you talk about killers. Just go to war, right? Yeah, you just yeah. had no idea who would be there. could be a bunch of guys from Japan. It could right. be Bibby. It could be Jens, you know, Jens Pulver, Spencer Fisher, these right. guys. And so you're like, oh, well, shit. Yep. You know, um, but I... As I've come in and helped guys like Pocholo, I realize I've seen greater leaps, like in even his skill set, than my own because of the way we train. Mm-hmm. You know, so I apply it. It's like there's the knowledge, and then I pass it on to him because, you know, the sport's great, but when you're doing MMA, there's really nothing that justifies brain trauma or any of that. Yeah, you know? that, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, yeah, I 100%. I think um, 
I think the science is in. We can yeah. stop talking. We can, so we can stop the talking. science is there. Yeah, yeah. We're just trying we to like, stop wait, talking. Wait, wait, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, wait, are we it. in a culture that acknowledges science? Yeah. yeah. Scientific I, method? That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, but but in this in this effect, uh, uh, yeah, I the the interesting science for me that's really made a difference uh, with my ass, because my ideas have always been, yeah, but no matter what in my life, I'm sparring once or twice a month. I'm putting it on, I'm staying sharp. I'm having blows come at me and I'm giving blows. That gives me that centered confidence of, I, s- I still got some semblance of timing, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Hey, if I meet a, a, a slick monster, you know, someone who's got some skills, then yeah, I'm not gonna be on point. Um, but I, f- I feel relatively good. But I think the trauma of the, like they're in soccer, the heading of the ball. Like yeah, I know. It has but caused, yes. It's that consistency. Yeah. Yeah. They, they thought it was the big knockout, the big. Now they're saying that's actually better. Like the thing that happened to Ben Askren, where five seconds in and he's out, that's better than taking three rounds of trauma and then getting knocked out, where those calcium levels are just rising and rising and rising and finally your brain turns off. Because it's all about calcium and potassium. That, that's a yeah. knockout. So for me, it's that consistent trauma. And then what's worrisome is, is that we're lucky at AMC, and, and I have been in my life, that generally I've trained with some really responsible, really high-level guys. Uh, and so uh, I never was getting smoked uh, after the first few years. <laughs> first few years, it was full-on war in, in China. That's, we did the same thing. Yeah. A bunch of guys, would, Israelis would show up, and you were fighting. This <laughs> uh, is just what happens. Yeah. So uh, the Russians show up, and you're squabbing. That, that's it. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's in my head a lot. And I, and I, I count licks to the head now. I mean, even in jujitsu, I take a knee to the head. I'm not sparring. Yeah, that's, day, it's dude. still brain trauma. Yeah. yeah. It's still yeah. brain trauma. I'm not sparring. Yeah. And, um, I think all of us played as much athletics as probably we all did. I mean, there's some, there's some fear there. Genetics are involved and in, you know, uh, all of that. Uh, but we all should be having those conversations. And I think that one of the reasons I respect Matt, and particularly with DJ, DJ talks a lot about not, I'm not, I'm not here trying to get punched in the face. No. Amen, man. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> to, like, overrated. Like that's, yeah. That, that's the yeah. one wisdom that we'll drop in this is, uh, uh, I'm not trying to be punched in the face. Yeah. Uh, so, whereas when I first started, it was, can you take a punch to the face? Yeah. And so I've done it. Hands down, taking licks to my chin, telling the guys to bring it. Ridiculous. Right? <laughs> so just yeah, dumb. You, you, you were back and you're like, oh, just, oh, man. what? Like, yeah. come on, man. You yeah. know? But you think you're doing the guy a favor. He's training for a fight. He yeah. wants some. You, you want some. Yeah. And now you got some, but you're in an office building in China licking some dude you really like. And he just, what, you gave him brain trauma? Because you needed to prove to him you were the tougher friend on the couch? No, man. So I think, I think you know, later that night, you're like, hey, man, I, I got you. I mean, we all love that. We, all, we don't want to be the guy who's getting beat up. No. But that battle with ego fits into the conversation with vulnerability. The reason I feel that way is because of my ego and because I'm scared. And I don't want to be seen as uh, being less than. And that, and that goes back to the conversation of being a black belt. Like, I walk into a gym, and it's always the competition of, if I get tapped today, how am I going to feel about that? What are people going to think of me? Like, what, what are they going to think if, if I get tapped? And so I see it time and again where guys, whether they know it or not, they're withdrawing. You see coaches who don't train with their guys. 
You see coaches who won't take on the guy that could probably tap them because they're worried about the perception. And there is some validity to it. Hey, some parents come in, they see your professor get absolutely smoked. They're like, why are we learning from this guy? Not understanding uh, the context. Uh, hey, professor's 50 and 140 pounds. That was a D1 wrestler at 205 pounds. He's a black belt in grappling, which is how I look at jujitsu. It's all grappling. Right, yeah, yeah, And yeah. so... Um, you know, we got a new kid at the gym uh, that I roll with yesterday. Uh, he's a Oregon State. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I roll with him, too, yeah. bro. Hey, man, don't yeah. stop moving. Like, yeah. I was I'm, I was smiling at Jay White. Yeah, I was like, roll with him. Jay's like, you're being heavy. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, this guy's <laughs> not. Yeah, yeah. Man, this guy's not yeah. stopping. I'm I think Joseph's like, also listening to this podcast, so good shout out to you, Joseph. Yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. Like, hey, man. I'm <laughs> hey, man. Com- <laughs> man. I'm coming for you, man. No, bro. I roll. I did some wrestling with him, remember? Yes, I come in, and I'm achy and then Pochello's like hey Scott I want you to go with this guy because of the explosiveness I was just like oh my gosh you saw I was like I can't let him move let me say this once and for all for all of the I mean you have thousands of listeners so to all of you thousands of listeners let me tell you a D1 wrestler really a wrestler with high school experience particularly if it's a good high school but a D1 wrestler uh, don't get it twisted they are a black belt in grappling they have been doing it their whole life in environments that you probably can't wrap your soft little head around. No, no. Yeah. And uh, so they're going to move, and they're not going to stop. They're going to be tough, and that's not going to stop. And they're going to integrate. If they're smart, they'll set aside their wrestling for a year, I say. Focus on, doesn't mean they're not going to do wrestling. But if you, in your mind, think, I'm going to focus on the art of submission grappling, mm-hmm. pancreation and jiu-jitsu. What does that have to teach me? How does that, what does that have to teach me about fighting off my back? You start to put that together, that's when you see those guys within three years, they're a bad day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I I have a lot of really high level wrestlers that just simply won't stop wrestling. So they're still weak off their back. They're still weak. They can't let that go. They can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's the guys that are able to let that go. So you have a guy coming off the the street who has that. You say, how long have you been training a month? And then they roll you. You need to understand that, that, that I think so. So, yeah, I think uh, – I don't know how we got started on that. But, but you, well, just to circle back to the original point. Well, you – Yeah. You know, I I started coaching since I came back, and um, that's always a, a fear I've had is, like, you know, uh, credibility. And um, if I have a hard day in the gym, like, if he gives it to me or I'm showing the guys a technique and they hit it on me, like, oh, dang, do they now – doubt my uh my ability as a coach but i think a really important thing and i i just thought about it now is like how do i handle that Mm -hmm. how do i handle that tab how do i handle that day i'm getting thrashed you know and is it with humility or is is it with the immediate justification and the just being defensive because what is also a part of the mma journey and martial arts journey is embracing experiencing and processing loss you know and it's like great point and you know what man i had a good run in mma and then like i learned more from my one loss in my competitive more than all the wins absolutely and that was it the one loss and i was like it was a choice. Do I proceed forward or do I just call it quits mm-hmm. or do I get all in my head? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've watched guys lose, guys I've coached at AMC. And I mean, I've, I've shared that bond with them where I just try to remind them that it's not a waste. Mm-mm. It's not a lost moment. Um, 
and how do you how do you deal with that? So I, I really appreciate that insight because it's just a reminder to me, dude. You know, one of the things uh, we as men do a terrible job about is saying, <laughs> "I'm <scared>. one." What <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of yeah, yeah. This is also not that podcast, but I will say that that. But but again, that's the that's the look. I'm gonna say something controversial. End of the day, we are wearing almost no clothes, hugging each other, rolling around on the ground. That's called intimacy, y'all. So we're we're getting real oh, man. No, we're yeah. intimate, man. Yeah. Yeah. So so I love you, man. I, just, I, I, but yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. All of that goes away. It's good because yes, we're intimate and hugging each other, but I'm also trying to kill you, so that's all right. Yeah. And you're trying to kill me, so this is okay. Yeah. Like these are the kinds of things we have to tell each other. That's in so the end of the day we, we just right. hug, <laughs> but the end of the day we just hugged for five minutes. <laughs> what does that do to your brain? What how much does that have an effect on the fact that you just how many times you hug a man for five minutes? It don't it doesn't happen in our cultures. Mm-hmm. So that's you're right. hugging a dude. And then at the same time you're seeing his vulnerability, he's seeing yours, and then how many times you finish rolling. Yeah. And you're like, I love you, dude. Like, half the time. Yeah. What is that? What what creates that spontaneous? And it's it's a, that intimacy. I think it's in that world of conflict. Uh, that idea of everything gets stripped bare in violence. Yeah. It becomes binary. Yeah. Survive or not. Yeah. And, and um, being stripped bare and hugging somebody in that time frame. Yeah. Uh, uh, it has some emotional benefits that I think people are, are too afraid to kind of look at and kind of uh, talk about. No, but for sure. That, that environment. At the same time, I could say in the last 20 years, I've had the most intimate conversations with guys two minutes after rolling about family, money, fear. Hey, man, coming out. Like, whatever it may be, That's it's real. that moment where you're like, Man, I got to tell you something. I need to talk to you about something. So that exhaustion and that conflict and that closeness is created. And then you have this bubble. And, you, and then I guarantee you walk around the mat and you hear real level conversations yeah. that will disappear as soon as they hit the street. Mm-hmm. But right there, that's the real Scott. This is the real Colby. And we're having a chat about whatever, right? <laughs> Never yeah. forget when I rolled with Brandon Dudley. I sparred Brandon Dudley before my pro debut. And he... It was so crazy. Like I sat down afterwards and he's like, he's like, you always feel like it's fight or flight, you know? And he's like, I just feel like that may have something to do with your childhood. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> no, it's because you lay your emotions like out there, like, or you lay your heart, heart out there. Yep. And it's that, it's that, no, it is very intimate. Like, or think about, yeah. you know, like every like fight like you have with somebody or, you know, like, you know, like an MMA fight. And, like, I don't hate the person. It's like at the end of the day, like. You know, it's that sign of respect, like, hey, like, we've, like, there's no, we've shared, like, a time that really I haven't really shared with anyone else, and we've gotten in this, like, you know, what, 10 or something minutes where we're, like, physically trying to take each other out. That's a sense of closeness that I I don't have with a no, lot of people, no, like, from there. No, yeah. in the Matrix, best scene, uh, can't remember the guy in White's name, he's fighting, uh, he's fighting one, he's fighting Neo, and he says... What did we fight for? He goes, stop. Remember, Neil says, what? What did we fight for? He says, you don't know someone until you fight him. Mm. Amen. <laughs> Amen, bro. Amen. Hey, you want to know if your man's going to beat you? Fight him. You want to know if your girl's going to leave you? Fight her. I mean, I- I'm being a little melodramatic. Yeah, but, absolutely. But, but, but I- yeah. I'll explain that because that was yeah. a little flippant. Uh, the- someone just turns up. Someone's like, yeah, 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 I'm sick of you not doing goddamn damn Damn it. <laughs> but no, I- I'll explain that. Yeah. Is this, is that um, I mean it. 
if you worry about someone's ability to control their anger, you want to know if someone can stay centered. You want to know if someone fight them. If you get in an argument with someone, particularly someone who you care about or, or is, is more powerful than you, uh, and they resort to physicality and violence. Um, so when I'm sparring someone and I see, and we all, that's the intimacy of you see, and you see someone lose their, lose their head, yeah. become extremely emotional, particularly in instances where it was completely unnecessary and unwarranted. Like you weren't in really that much trouble or what have you. So, uh, Actually, on a serious tip, when I teach situational awareness and I, uh, uh, to women, I, I do say that in a much uh, softer way, which is, um, yeah, conflict brings out who people really are. Mm -hmm. If they're analytical, they will become analytical. If they're emotional, they become emotional. If they're about heart, now obviously it's not that simplistic. We're all, not all just one thing. Yeah, it's Absolutely. not biased. We're not biased. So, right. so I'm not right, right. We're not like I'm not saying that, but it is it is you you watch your person in conflict and how they handle that conflict and you learn what kind of fighter they are. And if that, that's what I mean by whether it's, um, phys domestic violence or, or, or what have you, there are signs of that within conflict. Anytime you see conflict, anytime mm -hmm. you see someone essentially stressed, you, f you start to find out who they really are. Yeah. And that's what goes back to Hilo's Helio Gracie's point of takes 10 years to get a black belt. It's interesting. The story I heard from Chet Quint was what he really said was it takes 10 years because you can't hide who you really are for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And that's what he really wants to know yeah. before he would black belt you. Yeah. yeah. Th that, that's what I mean. I hope I explained that well, but, but yeah. it is a very important aspect of watching people in conflict to understand how and how they handle uh, being under extreme stress. Yeah. Pressure under fire, yeah. really. And you just, you know, so many instances are popping up in my head especially of like the gift that gift that martial arts has given me in terms of patience mm -hmm. i used to be very impatient in the beginning mm -hmm. but then as i grew i learned like that is one of the best things is patience relaxation because yep. i work um at a middle school i'm a paraeducator and i'm in the most intense program yep. for kids with behavioral issues i mean yep. these kids are on the spectrum they yeah well there's some debate whether spectrum even exists but they're struggling without a regular regardless person. they have yeah they, they have explosive so tendencies yes and so in the beginning i just and i wasn't training yeah i wasn't in the gym so i didn't know i was flustered absolutely and so my frustration would come at would come out and it'd yep. be apparent to the kids and then they just absolutely now though in the last four months i've been back in the well, last four months of the school year i've been back in the gym and absolutely present and calm, and then they see that. I always have to be the calm the one. The projection. You I have, to, have be. to be that right. person in the situation that is going to control their emotions and really listen yeah. to what's going on because it's, we've, you know, we're not tutors, paraeducators, we're behavioral management. Mm -hmm. So I have to see what's going on and then get to the root of it and then show empathy, even when this kid's like in the hallway going buck wild. Yeah. It's interesting. I did this too, Scott. So, uh, Back in the day, I, I, I was traveling around the world. I came back. I, I got a job as a substitute teacher to try to make some coin to go back on the road. And uh, this was early 20s. And um, ended up in a behavioral unit for autism in Pflugerville, Texas. And they, it was kids with extreme violent tendencies. And so I subbed there 
not you know and uh sub for this this one kid and uh he he like two different assistants had been booted because he was he was so violent yeah like that what booted not that they left with injuries sorry <laughs> yeah, yeah i just disparaged their <laughs> that <team>. happened <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so uh yeah. i they uh, haven't got me yet <laughs> so this kid when uh when i met him uh the first hour i was exactly that experience of like uh and then and then it, it was this this flustered energy of like you got to do what I say, and then a recognition of that's not being communicated. He's that's like, perfect analysis. Yeah. So how do I start to communicate with this kid on his level? And a lot of it is, some of it is, I started taking up his mannerisms that he did when he was. And then I realized we're just dealing with stressed and unstressed states. Mm. When he is stressed, he doesn't have the ability to express that stress, so it comes out as violence. Yes. Okay, I can relate to that. And I think that's the thing. I mean, uh, to go back to what we were talking about, like I learned a lot about myself. So I grew up in a really tough neighborhood. The idea was anything goes, even though there were rules in Texas, anything goes within fighting, um, you know, no bottles and no friends. But I think that for me, and then into the world of security and, and you know, lots of third world developmental conflict and so forth, and this real recognition of anything goes, I had to recognize that, that, when I, when I would fight verbally with people I loved, it, it's all about taking up space, right? Jiu-jitsu, it's take up space. Well, I have a tendency to take up other people's space because I, so I start to fight. So I'm, I'm taking your space so you don't have anywhere to move, and I've made a career of it. Like, uh, as a risk advisor, I mean, I, I force my views uh, in a sense of taking up any doubt because I've got to protect your life. And this is some instances. So you need to, that sort of communication. Well, being over overbearing in a fight is great. Being overbearing in a relationship is bullshit. And in a conversation. And so I had to recognize that when I fight, so you watch me grapple sometimes, um, and if I get testy, then that's how I fight. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was really a wake-up call. And it was actually my girlfriend now who said, you, you, I watch you grapple, and I swear it's how you argue. It was like, right, right? Like, yeah. So I learned about my own tendencies about how I respond in conflict that makes a lot of sense when it's Honduras at 1 o'clock at night and send, you know, wherever. But it doesn't make sense when you're in a coffee shop with your girlfriend and you, you're trying to take her space because that's how you fight. So recognizing what a fight really is has been all the different. I'm not in a fight. I'm in a I'm in a discussion with my girlfriend. I'm in a discussion with Pacholo about something we disagree with. This isn't a fight, and it's been that ability to tr well working on separating mm -hmm. when I'm in an actual fight and when I'm in a training. And, and if you think of it that I'm rolling with my friend here, so are we teaching each other? Yeah. And I think that I can apply that because uh, I'm a simple dude. So I apply that <laughs> jujitsu to that in that I, I, I'm rolling with her. I'm not fighting her. Yes, there's a disagreement and I'm certainly right. But uh, <laughs> that funny. is unhelpful yeah. and obviously a ridiculous perspective. So, yeah, I, I think, again, the, what you learn in martial arts, if you're willing to see it, if you're willing to be tested by it, you're willing to look at all of the aspects of the way it challenges you, uh, I, I, I don't. Every aspect of your personality can be tested. What mm -hmm. you just described is nonviolent communication. Absolutely. Which is more effective at exactly. driving your point home and then reaching at least a consensus, you yeah. know. Man, I got I gotta tell this story real quick. I had a 
a little bit of an embarrassing moment on July 4th. I was uh, in Tacoma, Washington, where my family's from, and I was on the waterfront at Freedom Fair. Yeah. And I have all sorts of opinions, and, and my growth has been like... <laughs> I've I've said some crazy stuff on the podcast, but I'm growing to where it's only if it's asked about or if it's necessary and helpful that I give my other opinions. Mm-hmm. And there's times where I realize it's not. Yep. So this story is a time I felt it was not. So I'm, I'm walking on the waterfront, all these little tents are set up i'm feeling really good i'm like man i'm back home everyone's happy and i walk past this tent where there's these christians and they have a giant sign that says if you answer these two questions you'll find out if you go to heaven or hell yeah and i saw it and it brought up all this stuff for me mm-hmm. about religion about my past mm-hmm. and i'd gotten to a point where i could have those conversations and and uh, say my points in a non-violent way mm-hmm. and then we could leave it but for some reason, I hadn't been doing my personal work. I wasn't like it wasn't a healthy week, and I saw that, and I was with my girlfriend, and I'm like walking, and I look at it, and she just she shakes her head and keeps walking, and I'm like she's like don't, and I rush over there, and I'm like tell me, tell me about heaven and hell. Am I going? And then I just start launching into this critique. You of- went into your well trained moves, your your seventeen steps of destroying their, and we don't even need to say anymore. That's what happened, and then. I felt embarrassed because they just looked at me afterwards and I was like, we didn't reach any. I just questioned everything they had yeah, on their yeah, list. Yeah. And then I was like forcing them. I like was getting this guy and I was like, you j- just admit to me it's a subjective spiritual experience. <laughs> yep. Don't put a truth claim just on Just tell it. me. Just tell me it, this you is You don't have a truth claim because I have several. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. And yeah. then he just, and then I walked away and then I went home and I posted this Facebook video <laughs> and then I, I had the, my girlfriend was just like, you're a dick. Yeah. You're an asshole. And part of me, my ego was like, yeah. And then I get home, I post that video and I'm like, I just have pain. Yeah, I just yeah. have frustration, and I'm embarrassed, Colby. Yeah. I was embarrassed because that was the one interaction they had with me. And if they didn't think I was di- a dick, then they were really implementing the true tenets of what they believed. If they really just forgave me in that moment, yeah, because I-, I deserved every sort of admonishment. Well, that's kind of their religion, so they probably forgave me. Listen, yeah, <laughs> but look, if you put a sign up that that makes that kind of challenge, then I'm gonna let you off the hook here. They need to be mentally centered and prepared for all comers because they're going to be people that pass them that have some stories to tell about religion and what it has done to them and that's can be anything and if you're really wanting to hear my pain which is saying i'm going to go to heaven or hell what like we can have a conversation but the approach of you're going to go to heaven if you can answer these two questions look we're all finely tuned to conflict we're all finely tuned to the mad dog all of us. Finally like, tuned to the but, mad dog. Yeah, dude. I mean, I can be, we all can be, we all have spidey senses. And that, a lot of what we teach in my work is situational awareness and being aware of your surroundings. But we're all finally tuned to, that guy's looked at me twice, right? So maybe what happened was you walked by that and that felt like a jab. Yeah. And you were, ha- and you were in a weak, and the reason it felt like a jab is because of what you were just honest about. You were in a weak point. Yeah. It was a bad day. And, and guys like us, that's kind of when we start looking for conflict. It's been a bad day. Low-level frustration. That is, you know, anger management. So if you're in that frustrated sense of heightened adrenaline and cortisol and you're feeling shitty about yourself and then someone challenges you, we've all talked about it. Man, what a great dopamine dub if I get in a fight right now. So that is yeah. that is the, the balance of using conflict and using fighting to get your fix to feel better because that's the cycle of 
anger that you go from frustration to anger to a fight to feeling better to guilt. And then the process goes again. Yeah. So a lot of that is that work, in my view, of of it's it's not, hey, I'm not going to get angry today. It's am I putting in the work to stay on an even all day, every day. And to me, that's all about mindfulness and meditation, which I'm huge into. It's yeah. Just, it's, my, it's a core tenet of my, my life at this point. Yeah. So to me, that allows me to check in. And- <laughs> well, I was at a, a meeting and I shared that experience because I felt I had regressed because I abandoned what I knew. And there was a guy in the meeting who was like, you know, Scott, he's like, I saw, I was down there and I saw that. But Wow, that's, that's some feedback right he there. He said, I <laughs> saw that, but then he didn't like, he didn't drive hard on me. He just was like, I saw it. And I mean, obviously process elimination, he walked away. He didn't engage because he didn't have a story about it or he didn't want to yeah. share it. But yeah, I, I knew from the get, I was just, uh, belligerent because there was a girl who was standing next to me and she was like I don't understand I was like well they're gonna tell us because they have the answer <laughs> I, I was like you know and um it was embarrassing and I wish I had I had done that I had not done that um because I, I don't want to make people feel like shit here's the bad news you yeah do it again yeah here's the good <laughs> here's the good news uh you're you're aware of it man yeah and, uh, that's a lot of again that awareness of I was just a dick and that I know it's a cliche, but it is the first step, dude. Because, again, I think that's the kind of introspection that martial arts gives you. Because uh, you have to ask yourself, was I really, did I really win that? Okay, what did I win? I walked away with my hand in the air. They didn't have any answers for me, but nothing other than me feeling better about dogging these dudes. Yeah. About them and their stupid beliefs. And that ego hit of, I just messed those dudes up. Yeah, you know, maybe looking at that as as a potential driver. You just want to feel better and getting in a fight because out. it's exactly like a session where you're just fucking. And you you said low level frustration, and it's funny you say that because I walked away with my girl, and she was like, "You were a dick, geez, you let them have it." I was like, "It was low hanging fruit." Yeah, you, it was low hanging yeah, exactly. fruit, and it's like having a new guy come in or someone who just hasn't read as much because it was clear that they really just read within what they believed. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like thrashing a guy who... Look, and we all know from enough studies of cognitive bias, no one's ever changing their opinion. And I, I know. Scared. I mean, yeah. no, so, exactly. no, so, I know. So it really just comes down to, again, science. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. is where we can then look at it and be like, again, what was the productive nature of that engagement? There yeah. is zero. Yeah. I mean, unless you say, I felt better for a minute and that was worth it. Okay. I didn't, I didn't hit anybody. I didn't curse anybody out. They probably didn't feel stupid because from their perspective, you're the raging lunatic. Exactly. So yeah. they're just, they're praying for you right now, buddy. Exactly. Because, yeah. yeah, you're, you know, that, that, so to me, uh, didn't sound like no, I mean, no harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. was hurt in the making of this yeah. dopamine yeah. dump. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think just making the most of the situation. But yeah, I totally agree with what Colby said about the cognitive bias. It's like what we were talking about on our podcast with Cody about arguments on the internet. Like, no one's mind's going to get changed. Like, you think right. this is what's going to happen. You think, all right, this is it, July 10th, 2019, the day my mind was changed because of a comment i read on my facebook post. what's even worse I, is yeah. is because most people are not even who they really are on social media yeah. that it's not it's like i'm not going to change the mind of the person who that person's trying to be yeah and then i'm also not going to change the mind of that person yeah. so many layers because they're trying yeah. to be something else yeah. on they're trying to project media. something and like so right yeah. if i come across as a tough guy on social media look i, I want to talk about like 
Masvidal in his interview yeah. about Ben Askren. Yeah. Now, I watched the fight like everybody else, and I was not cool with the way he acted after. However, you start to hear what he had to say on the issue, mm-hmm. and I realized I was wrong. Like, I, I get it. Like, he comes from a place where Ben was making very intelligent but attacks on him who he was, on on his ethnicity, on his, his culture, his intelligence, that was tied to... And and he said, you know, look, I mean, dudes talk smack, and then they, re, they meet real motherfuckers like me. That consequence is what we're all... That is the... What are the consequences of your behavior and actions on the on social media? If there are no consequences, mm-hmm. if if I can project out there, then that feeling of the good thing is, hey man, in some ways you were brave enough to be like, this is who I am, and in front of everyone, in front of God and everyone, I am going, <laughs> I am going, I am going to, hey. I'm gonna tell you what's up. Yeah. And if yeah. anyone has a problem, I mean, in a lot of ways, that's some analog shit that doesn't happen too often. I mean, no, most no, people sure. would have walked off to the side and started posting yeah. on their Facebook page. Yeah. Right. Like, oh my god, I got to tweet about this. Like, Taking pictures guy. of him and tweeting. Yeah. Hey, at least you stepped into the ring That's and true. the, the you non-existent you, ring. You, you had created the ring. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. But I mean, at least yeah. that was real. Yeah. Uh, that is the that's the thing is that I I, I think that Masvidal uh, really hit the nail on the head with what a lot of us feel and, and what I feel to my core of you the way that you project into the world uh, when there are no consequences. Uh, is a lie, and then when <laughs> yeah, there, and yeah. then when consequences occur, uh, the inability to take responsibility for those consequences uh, is is uh, continues to shock me. Yes. Um, so well, because we live in a world where it's insulated from that. Yeah, I'm protected. I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. And Scott and I were talking about that yesterday too about Masvidal. I mean, like whatever, however you take his words, like from there, you can't deny that that's how he really feels. No, he felt about it. Money. Well, because like, where he's from, I if I'm, I might be wrong. I think he's from like Dade County. He's from a tough place. He's from a tough place in Miami. And yeah. um, I know that yeah. in certain areas of this country, especially like Chicago, and then like even uh, California, like tweets lead yeah. to violence especially with the gangs hey. so it's like you tweet something you're gonna be in maybe the wrong part of town or you're caught slipping and then you there's immediate consequences for that i don't have a moral judgment on that i mean i'm sure i have a lot of opinions hey, but con- it, context makes morality man so but so it's like it's like surviving dude yeah, yeah and that's yeah. and that's what happens too but also to your point on ben Askren, i one of my philosophical positions is that we uh, create ourselves. It's like we exist, and then we create our essence. Some of that is culture. Some of that is genetics. It's family. But then ultimately, we bear that yep. responsibility. And Askren chose to act in that way. Yeah. And he mentioned it in the interview because he was like, "I'm just gonna cut a mean promo after I destroy yep. George." And also, the culture of the UFC has shown that you can get capital off of acting that way. And and George is, I think it's George or Jorge. I'm, I don't know the verbs out. But he is not about that. No. He's not about that at all. And he's like, okay, man, I'm going to just sit here. I'm going to keep my hands behind my back, and I'm going to come out. And that because that's the code. So, so that's the, that, that, Shoot me a fair one. That's I mean, that, 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 that's, that, that's the thing. I mean, one thing about, uh, in my experience, and, I, and I've had some experiences around the world and, and, you know, dealing with. I mean, look, so really quickly in Guatemala, part of what I was doing was uh, essentially negotiating with uh, gangs to be able to do development projects. 
And so that was a lot. We'd go and say, hey, can we come into your town? This is what we're doing. You know, what, you know, can, can we be here? And the, wow. thing, and the thing about that is, is that, that know the code, man. Whether, it, you know, it's, it's, if you mouth off and you close space, this is happening. If you threaten me and you start moving toward my physical space, this is on. So like with him hitting Edwards in the back, he said that. Like if you take a step towards me, if you come toward me into the circle of death where I can put my hands on you, that's gonna happen because in my world, if I don't look, yeah, you live in a he lives in a world where you either can take meal money or give meal money. Doesn't mean you have to take meal money. Yeah, but you better you have you're one or the other. Yeah, and the difference between the guys that can take meal money is where you split up between sheepdogs and wolves. Yeah, and everyone else on the other side is sheep. That's some real Texas shit. Quality. That's some real Texas <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tim Kennedy. It's yeah. he's called Sheepdog. But we all agree. Yeah, and we yeah. say that. Like, okay, you've got, you know, look, I'm simplifying it. It is not this. I know we have discussions about animal behavior, and this is not a. Yeah, no, okay. I know, but I know what you're comma, saying. You don't need to do that. Comma, it sounds cool and tough, so deal with it. <laughs> uh, uh, predators on one side. Yeah. You know, what kind of killer are you? Yeah. Do you have a code is really all it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And that code of uh, don't say nothing won't be nothing. Snitches get stitches. Step in, it's a fight. Talk shit and I have to deal with it because if I don't deal with it, you're coming for my meal money, man. Mm-hmm. That code is that don't make nothing won't be nothing. Uh, that generally is a good way to live. If you are in a road rage accident and you get out of your car, right? Um, I'm not responding in a fighting way. I'm responding in a tactically efficient way to make sure that I survive and you don't. That's fucking scary though. There's guys out there like Oh no, but the, no, that's exactly No, but it's it it's, it's wisdom, I, but no. it's just like you're getting out of your no, car and belligerent. Hey fuck no, man. this guy's like I have a yeah. tactical response. I'm moving back behind my car, my doors are open, I have three lanes of fire, I have cover and concealment. Yeah. It's about to get real. I mean, I got a story about that. Like, in growing up in the Philippines, like there's like no car insurance there. So if you get into like a wreck you fight together. It's on. Yeah. Like, no, I saw, like, I remember one time I was, like, five years old. My uncle, like, someone, like, fender-bendered him. And my uncle, like, got out of the car and just started, like... Just like, went to yeah, it. Just, There's you know, no took, conversation. Took, and then yeah. took, his, like, took his money and then, like, all right, we're going. And just, like... That's the insurance policy. <laughs> so, yeah. so if like you that, live in a world where... And so yeah. what we're talking about is bureaucratic yeah. protection. Yeah. I got rules. I can call somebody and then we'll make this dude pay. Yes. If that doesn't occur... It doesn't exist. Yeah. It's on you. And that goes back to that self-responsibility and that belief. Look, I spent, an, I, I spent enough time in enough foreign countries. Uh, you know, I, I love this country and I love what it stands for. And I love that the contract that we all sign up. And I, yes. and I believe in it completely. The contract and the idea um, that this is still our best shot to, uh, um, you know, to, to really make a place where, where we want to live. Okay. Um, there's also a tremendous amount of lying going on, which is again back to why martial arts is so important, particularly for this culture. Get checked on what's real. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to call the cops if you is not a solution for the majority of this planet. So you can either handle it or you got to let it go. And that, that again is that, that, the belief that just getting guys, just bringing people to the martial arts meeting, you're doing this for six months because you're going to be a different human being when you come out of it. You're going to realize you're not nearly as in much control as you thought. 
The world's a scary place, and there are many, many places where you get in a fender bender, no words are spoken. You just fight for the dude's money. Is that theft? Uh-huh. But no, because the cops are going to be like, did you take the... Well, I mean, clearly that's how it's done. So how it's done, context is everything. Yeah. Masvidal has a how it's done. He's not going to break his code. It's it's who he is. It's mm-hmm. who he is to his core because he was lucky enough in some ways to grow up with a, a really deep culture that and a code that has been passed down to him. Yeah. You ain't giving that shit up. No. At the same time, I know enough people that know Askren that he is a smart, he's a, 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 a great guy. Like, he's come to Austin, he rolled with Tim, and I've never met anybody personally that knows him. They, they, they all have great things to say. And I, he's operating from his world of cut a mean promo, get a fight going, this is how it's done, no harm, no foul. And I also think Ben's a tough fucking dude. Yeah, no doubt. And so he's not scared. And that friction of those cultures, when you meet a guy who's like, I'm never going to divorce myself from where I come from. Mm-hmm. So that means you're going to have to deal with where I come from. Yeah. That, so I'm not going to play by your rules. And everybody, they can all talk about wives and religion and all that amazingly uh, uh, fucked up stuff uh, before a fight. Uh, that's not okay. And where I come from, that has consequences. And, well, and I'm here to deliver consequences. Khabib. I mean, same, but same guy. Yeah. Look, dude. Yeah. Look, man. Uh, look, here's a. You're saying there's conflict in the mountains of Dagestan? Here's what I'm, here's, here's what I'm gonna say for anyone yeah. tripping. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, look, it, there are gradients of toughness. <laughs> when cultures, like when I lived in China, there was one thing. Like the the Chinese, like they talk about, you know, national pride in suffering. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh. You think about that, right? So the that's, ability that's to culture. suffer is, is, is a pride. Yeah. Right? I have pride in my ability to suffer and be patient. Oh. Right? So you think about that or you think about when, uh, you know, the whole thing of wrestling bears. Like, okay, you need to understand that was about making a kid do that. Like, it's not about, oh, he beat the bear or the bear beat him. Imagine being five years old and being like, well, Scott, it's time to wrestle a bear. What the fuck? The, the, again, the code by which they live, it keeps them alive. It keeps their families alive because in any crack in that outer ring of security, which is you're making threats, is a crack in the outer ring of security and it must be dealt with because if not, they're going to invade to the second wall and now we're, we're in a pro- we have a problem and we're now on the back foot. So stopping threats, you can talk shit, Oh, fuck you, fuck you. But you say, I'm coming after, now we got a problem. So the idea of whether you're, you know, the it's not just, but the Dagestanis and the Chechnyans and the Afghanis. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they have they have lived in a world of, they are War. born into a world of con- consistent conflict for thousands of years. Yeah. You talk about, like, I'm telling you that what Conor McGregor has said about his wife, <laughs> like, listen, like, <laughs> Like, like yeah. it's not about the fight game. It's not about being a professional. Uh, you know, it's not about... Um, I say that beef is never over. Because, yeah, I, I mean, I, look, I'll tell you this. I've been in, I was in Greece in 99-2000. And uh, uh, I, saw, I saw a guy get his throat slit in a bar in uh, Corfu, Greece. And it happened so fast that we were like... It, like, it was done. And the story of why that had happened is, is they were Albanian. 
their families had a blood feud about some fucking goats or sheep and someone stole something. And so the rule was, if you see someone in that family, you have to kill them. And it was that fast. Dude, you think about that. Like right now you have orders to hit these people. If ever you see them and to not do so means to not come home to be like, you want to start shit with that? You better have the same kind of setup in my opinion. And so, because that's, that's their life to them. And that is that they start, they start not protecting that and they have nothing. So anyway, I I just think that, yeah, it's those levels of toughness and what, what, you know, there's worse things than death. And when people truly live their lives like that, uh, it, 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 it's, you should use some caution because they're, they're not, they're not playing the same game as you. No, they can't because if they do, they're going to get it took. And that's what I think is, is lost. Masvidal believes to his soul. He lets that happen. Man, motherfuckers are going to show up in my front house, in front of my house. Then I'm going to start hearing it from other sides. Real dudes with real beef. And that's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Did he? Like that, that, like those guys are the ones I got to tell this doesn't occur. Yeah. So I think that, that is so misunderstood. Yeah. 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 But I think it's it goes back to those like analog arguments and that like you said like about teaching like going back to the lessons that you know Habib or like any child that's a wrestler that they they understand like oh hey this is oh life is tough and it's just gonna get tougher and it's it's up to you like to to deal with it mm-hmm. like from there and I think that I think that's a great lesson just overall I mean just talking about I mean going back to why someone would do martial arts I think it gives. What it is, it's like that intimacy, it's that analog, it's an analog physical debate that you need to deal with another person. And what it does, it's not, you, not only do you find out more about the other person, but you find out a lot about yourself. And I think ultimately that, that's what it is. It's like realizing, like back to Elio Grace's quote about 10 years become a black belt, so he understands, so it's him knowing who you are. But in essence, like after that, it's you understanding who you are. Because I think, Colby, that's where you're at that point, like, oh, who... Like, okay, I have this, like, okay, I have this, you know, yeah. thing around this, my waist, but who am I and what am I and what am I doing with that? Right. Like from, I think that's, but I think that can start with anybody at any level. That's what Scott's at. That's where I'm at. We're looking, okay, I'm a martial artist, but what does that mean? And what, is, where, what does that mean today? And where does that take me tomorrow? And right. what am I going to do with that? Like from there. Well, it just yeah. all goes like you just said about Askren, you know, it's like he has all these interpersonal stories that are great and no one... I mean, it was his first loss mm-hmm. in the UFC, you know? Have you heard interviews of him talking about it? I have it. I've had like five friends be like, you yeah. got to hear his... Oh, yeah. Right after they say it's phenomenal. No, no, exactly. And he takes he takes full accountability. And he doesn't blame... Well, because he understands. Like, I mean, this is a guy who won, won two NCAA... Yeah. Like, they don't hand those out. No. NCAA no. wrestling titles. Being funky. And you no. hear the guys like Tyrone Woolley, they say... That dude's tough. So when really tough guys are yeah. saying that's the dude that's tough, he's tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. and exactly. No, so pretty much like what he does takes full accountability. He doesn't blame Jorge for doing. It. He goes like, yeah, damn, like damn good shot. Like, <laughs> that wasn't lucky. Said, that's Anyone who says that, yeah, like, that wasn't lucky. No, yeah. and look, the truth of the matter is, yeah. and what you often see, and this is what's interesting about people in combat, is that if you took Masvidal and you took Asker and you stuck him in a room, rewind a year and a half, and you say, hey, you guys are gonna work, they're gonna love each other. Yeah, that's really what I believe because you strip all that away and you get the core. You've got very similar guys. Yeah, and that is again another thing. Whether we, I haven't figured. I don't know. 
Do we all come <laughs> yeah. in and we have this certain yeah. vibration and then we all just kind of link up with the same guys that are like us and that's our brotherhood? Or do people's vibrations move toward a certain vibration? Or you know, It's probably some sort of force of, of, of both. It's some force of... So Pachola and I, how much do we have in common through culture, through life, through so forth, but we have this in common? Yeah. Did we already have that in common? Mm -hmm. Or did martial arts bring that frequency show into, that, yeah. into, into parallel, into, into stasis? I, I don't know, but I find that, I always find that really, that really interesting. And it's like consequences of your, your actions too, and I appreciate him taking full responsibility and not just, you know. Because the Connor and Khabib thing, like you just mentioned, Ooh, has become yeah. something completely different. It's another thing. And when all those guys stormed the cage, yeah, you, you knew this was like about... Yeah, the story of Khabib on the bus. And, there's, oh, oh, and Khabib says, yeah. I think something to the effect of like, Send me he's sitting there smiling and they're like, aren't you... And Ali, is he, the manager's freaking out and he's like, don't you want me? He's like... Real gangsters don't show no guns or something like that. <laughs> yeah. like, and he's like, he's chilling. Because yeah, yeah. that dude has been in a vehicle that's been assaulted by a four-man hit team who did it right, made them get out. I'm yeah. sure of it. Had assault he, weapons. He knows, yeah. what, he knows yeah. what's up. He's yeah. definitely seen it. He yeah. knows what a real roll on a car looks like. He yes. knows what a real tactical assault on a vehicle looks like. It yeah. ain't that. Yeah. So, so, so <laughs> wait, it's so, not a dolly, no. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, but that, but that's a great analysis on that, and also understanding, that, yeah, what that, what that individual has come from, mm -hmm. and what is conflict like to him. But then on the other hand, also like, you're, I think Kobe brings up a great point about understanding like the culture and how that's that code of ethics is him. Like you cannot remove Habib Nurmagomedov. From his from his culture, no. and if you attack that, you're attacking. You're attacking. Directly. You're attacking something that we, at least my culture, is very cut off. Man, you're attacking his ancestors. You're attacking yeah. his. You're attacking people. Uh, yeah, you're attacking people that that, that mean everything to him. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I don't know why people are surprised by response. I, I read. You know. I, okay. You don't have much respect for your own culture. You don't even know what your culture is great, but out there in the world, it's all people have. In yes. many, many places. And that's why I'm saying it's refreshing to have Askren come out and just go... I agree. Yeah. And do that and go, okay, man, look, I deserve this. It wasn't a bad knee, you know? Yeah. It's one of the toughest guys in the world yeah. coming out and just getting vulnerable, really, yeah. back to what we're talking about. Yeah. And honestly, like, I like how he pushes back against the UFC because the, I've said this and I'm just repeating myself, but I'm saying because I want to know your thoughts on this. Is that the UFC let McGregor <laughs> just go yeah. and go and go with Khabib? He started bringing up like Kadyrov and started bringing up all these interpersonal things, and then was saying these like slurs to Khabib, and then it's they did the money, and man. they didn't rein him in. It's which, about money, but it, you know, yeah. look, it, it, we it's there's this thing called the Overton window. Like, oh, yeah. the idea of the Overton window is that you create space for certain behaviors; those behaviors are coming. You move the Overton window to what is acceptable. We can have a conversation about politics in this country and how that's occurring um, yeah. on another podcast but yeah but that overton window of what's acceptable well if the ufc creates an environment where things are acceptable and they make money that horse has left the barn yeah yeah it's yeah. happened like yeah but but and then you realize there is no reigning in from an organizational perspective yeah. and there is no um consequences because most of the time you talk all that shit about somebody's mom and then you hug after the fight that goes back down to you're going to create environments and situations where people are not playing a game. It's not as Connor whispered 
It's just business, man. No, it is yeah. not. I will give up everything. I I have to give up everything to be able to go home again. Because you have insulted that place from which I come. That that can't that has to be understood. I don't care that you made a hundred million dollars. That's completely irrelevant. You talk shit about my wife and my religion. <sighs> Prison doesn't matter. Death doesn't matter. What matters is that I can go home and look my father in the eye. You're dealing with that. I mean, and that's exactly. And he had to talk to his father about the, his dad the had melee. to tell him to chill. Exactly. His dad was pissed off yeah. because his dad's for real. Yeah. And his dad probably said something to the effect of, "We handle that the way we handle it, but your job for this family is to do X, Y, and Z." But then I'm also sure he gave him a slap on the back and said, "Hey, thanks for looking out." Yeah, I mean, so I, yeah. I'm sure that conversation was was uh, only one that a father and son could have. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know, I'd like to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I respect. I mean, I respect any anybody. I mean, anyone who's done any time abroad or you know either you know just seen you know you again you take Afghanis Afghanis. I mean, it's that same that the that toughness that Pashtuni. Is, you know, yeah, man, there are levels to the game, and I think. Yeah, back to it. That that that's something that I think we've talked about a lot, but it, it it gets lost in the business aspect of things. And I think like a guy like Colby Covington. Um, oh yeah, tough. what do you think about him? <laughs> Same. I mean, yeah. like I don't know who he is really. I mean, I'm sure that like in, I'm sure there are a lot of people that come out and say, no, he's really actually a good guy. This is all a front. But for me, look, man, I I don't like. So this is about my own personal code. Is is like. Anytime you disparage someone over their, uh, you know, their culture, their their color, their creed, their beliefs, their sexual identity, their gender identity, uh, I don't really have much for you because I mean science, y'all. So I yeah. think, you know, so so I think that yeah. like like for me is when you start attacking people, you need to recognize that you're creating the envi- that sort of environment. Exactly. Are, so we go to the Texas analogy. What I had to learn the first time. Uh, I got attacked in a foreign country and, and all the weapons came out. It, I thought I was squaring off and we were not. So the... the it was an engagement. Right. Different. It's, yeah. that, it's yeah. that conversation yeah. of, you know, you are his behavior uh, to sell fights. If in his mind he thinks that's, con- again, contained to it's just business, man. Um, it's not. And more importantly, though, I mean, you know, I think... That again, that kind of, and that may be who he is, but that kind of hate, uh, that kind of um, disparagement of other human beings, particularly guys that you know are tough. They're professional fight. The whole idea of like that guy's not tough or that guy's a puss or that <laughs> is so re- right. Yeah. So Cody's yeah. talking yeah. Yeah. about how so and so's no good. Or yeah. oh, come on, it's even a dumb conversation. Yeah. yeah, I'm all about saying, "Hey, man, I'm gonna mess you up." For real, like that kind of shit talk, like, like believing I'm, in your own abilities. Yeah. I mean, you should. You're in. A, you're heading into a dangerous but, situation. Man, I, I lay it yeah. at the feet of USC management. You create the environment for for things like, uh, you know, whether whether it gets into the realm of uh, familial abuse and, and 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 that kind of, you know, the ability to anything goes. And if he can say it, he can say it. And he can. He's gonna fight him, so he can handle it in the cage. Um. It, again, that may not be where it gets handled, and I don't understand why that's so important for the UFC to use to create 
interest I, because I think it's I think it's dangerous and I think at the end of the day I understand they have a business and they're running it their way but to me martial arts is all about the feedback right it's all yeah. about the feedback to the community and the yeah. code and the rules which I mean I'm going to plug here I, I think that that's what 1FC uh, is trying to do yeah and I think that 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 approach uh, is better for what I stand yeah. for so really it comes down yeah. to that I don't stand for what he stands for and, yeah uh, I don't want any part of that. Well, a funny yeah. caveat of that, of just the Colby Covington, is that him and Jorge Masvidal were, or still are, they, they're both American top team, and they were very close training partners. They were, yeah. If, if anything, they, they might still be close. I don't know what the exact No, what's happening but it's, now. But it's yeah. funny how two guys who are now on dynamically opposite well, like flips yeah, them. no, yeah. and see, that's the thing, yeah. because but, but we all know, because it's hard, and when you look at a guy like that, you're like, how did he go through all of those wars and not get humble? Like, there are crazy dudes out I, there, I, we I all would, know him in I the would, martial arts yeah. game. Well, I, that's the thing, I don't think it's, he's not humble, I think, right. it's, I think it is an affront, and right. I think you can also tell genuinity in people's words. You know, like, when I hear Masvidal, okay, that's him. When I hear Covington, I'm like, mmm... This just seems like some words you're repeating. I don't think yeah, you actually feel Yeah, well, I, I want to push yeah. back on that slightly. I think, because he's dealing with real-world consequences, though. Um, who threw the shoe at him again? Oh, oh no, or the boomerang. The boomerang. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Fabricio Verdue. Fabricio, okay, yeah. now that's a man from Brazil. So that's, that's, like, that's one yeah. example, but I was reading a story about how yeah. the Brazilians at ATT just disassociate with him because of yep. his comments. Oh, yes, I heard about so that. So then for me, I think maybe there's, again, like you said, I'm not a psychologist. There may be a little bit of sociopathy going on there to Could where he's, I mean, just, he's just going to sacrifice those things because he wants to get to the top. Yeah, the right I, I, th- I think yeah. that's it, sacrifice. You, I think yeah, it's like, that's the word. That's the thing, because yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think, okay, I don't think, all right, I may not respect everything that he says, but I, I, can, I can respect what he's done. Like, you can't, you don't get to that high of a level without you yeah. know, putting in Some a lot of skills, work. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I say, I say, look, at the end of the day, say what you want to say. I mean, everything we just talked about, <laughs> yeah. like, like, like yeah. hey, man, it, that, okay, you want to say it, and they're calling, okay. I think the thing is, is that my only advice to him is that you're probably going to have a family. You're probably going to have kids. You're going to be my age. And you're going to look back at that shit and you're going to be like, there's going to be some stuff where you're going to feel like you disparaged some really good human beings. Yeah. And you probably shouldn't have. And as we all know, that no matter how much money you make in the fight game, well, it's not, well but most guys <laughs> yeah. in the fight game, no, no, for most, like, we're 99%. counting on our brothers yeah. to yeah. say, yo, I need a place to coach. I need a place to train. I need, yeah. a, I need yeah. a place to do seminars. Yeah. So Who you, opens their gym yeah. to that money-making opportunities? Those are all of those people in the game. And a lot of guys fought each other, and now they're helping each other out when they teach seminars or, or so forth and so on. The, the, the thing is, is that when you ostracize from your community, you better be able to stand on your own two feet. And I know you ain't making that kind of money. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, you know, if there's a Machiavellian way of looking at it, it's 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 not it's not as because I think overall the martial arts community as a whole still lives by the code we've been discussing. Oh yes. And they really want to apply that code. And so if you go out of that code and you can make a hundred million dollars, you don't need nobody else, Conor McGregor, then okay. But that's not the that's not true for most of the guys trying to fight. Certainly, yeah. So that's something to think about as well. You talk. You know, again, but some people talk crap about someone's wife, and that's just who they are. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I think it go it really does go back to the culture thing, and I think that's what's happening with like you know one championship is because it's talk it's you know it's mainly what's their main demographic like you know the Asian population yeah. or the Asian countries mm-hmm. where I mean I'm Filipino like I it's, I mean we're kind of very kind of Americanized because of just the you know proximity long like a long relationship yeah. with the U S for sure but there's still like a notion like I mean Kobe like when Kobe lived in China you understand like. Oh, Think about that culture of sacrifice. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's a different mindset than, like, I mean, for better or for worse, than what the culture is here. It's just what it, it's yeah. just different cultures. Yeah, you're gonna affect a, a Chinese market a lot different than Absolutely. an American market. It's yeah. just how. No, it is. no, that's very yeah. true. But I do think what'll be interesting is is that, but can those? And I'm betting they are. Yeah. If those can that. Or sort of organization and code can it translate to the U.S. Right? Can it translate to the because as a fighter, uh, if the money's equal, and and the fighting and the talent is on par, uh, I want to fight in a place where I just how look colleagues as you know it is colleagues that matches your ideals. I don't yeah. want to live. I don't want to work in an environment where someone can just talk shit about my my wife and that's. Uh, supported by the organization for which <laughs> that's so crazy when you put it that yeah, no, because no, no, imagine it's, anywhere it's else it's no like, man I mean that, exactly it's your so place of occupation it's my yeah. that's my my co-worker you just show up at McDonald's this guy's like hey man <laughs> fuck your mom well, see, but see that's the thing the idea but see that's confusing yeah. real life or fake yeah. you're like oh but they can fight it out in the octagon you mean with rules and stuff? Yeah, that's like, still not yeah. real life. Like, really. okay, maybe he's a better martial artist than me, but is yeah. he a better warrior than me? Because yeah. I'm going to show up every day Yeah, because yeah. this is about something else. Yeah. So even the idea that it can be solved in the octagon with a rule and fight really is solved? not yeah. actually yeah. true. So, yeah, yeah. no, I, I, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, no, I think... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it can it be solved? Is it real? And, and, and that's the thing. It's like, real... As you say, is context based, you know, mm-hmm. and also like what, like what, what is happening in the situation. But I think, well, I think we covered a wide variety of topics. But yeah, yeah. I mean, this, it was fun, this has been good. This is great. Yeah, this has been a thanks great podcast. On, yeah, thanks for having me, thank fellas. You. Yeah, much appreciated. Yeah, this has been great. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening out there. And I mean, you can take away one thing. I mean, you gotta look at from no matter where you're at you always have to reassess i think that's the thing and i think that's like you know especially coming from someone you know as like well from all of us really like we're we're all still reassessing like we're we're all still martial artists for any like budding martial artists out there like realize like you got to take a long look at what you're doing and then think about okay what like are you actually what's actually getting better and also just look at your life as a whole like small things all things yeah, look, yeah, and I, and I, yeah. I think the last thing I would say is like you know look I mean we can talk about the approximation of our lessons learned in martial arts all day but it's like meditation man in that you're gonna have to do it and say oh uh, so the only way to do that is to get in there and find out yeah. and if it's not for you then then that's okay too um, yeah. but I think I think having that aha moment uh, is what's important and that, that takes that takes doing it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. action yeah, it's like having it, that theory, but being able to put it in practice. It's, it's, it's what's it's what's essential. Mm-hmm. Has to. Yeah, I can read about the science of meditation all day. <laughs> all day. But, yeah. But, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Awesome guys. Yep. Yeah. Right, this has been great. Thank you. All right. Everyone. Thank you all. Yeah. Solid.